Welcome to episode 12 of the, I guess that's why they call it the Elton John podcast podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to have a look at some of the themes that Bernie used in his lyrics in those days before success came. I opened the show with a true rarity, a demo of the year of the teddy bear, one of the lyrics that Bernie apparently sent along with his application letter to Liberty Records alongside Scarecrow, Lightning Striker Man and Coffee Coloured Lady, apparently. According to Bernie, those titles come from an interview that he did with Billboard in 1997. He probably meant Tartan Coloured Lady. Maybe not. Who knows? It wasn't me that faded the year of the teddy bear there, by the way. That's how it came to me. One, two, three, four. The grassless field of you dying. Dreams of deeds of crime And the cotton-colored lady woman Behind the watercolors of my mind And the cotton-colored lady, she is In that interview, Bernie says this about his early writing. Until I saw that ad in the paper, I didn't even attempt to write a lyric or a song. I used to fiddle around writing poetry when I was in school, but it was all very much, I suppose, a parody of Dylan-esque lyrics. 
but I always thought about it as poetry. When I saw the ad, I said, I better write some of what's supposed to be lyrics. Whether they looked like lyrics or whether they looked like bad poetry, I don't really know. I did a combination of both. Bernie's secondary school teacher, Mr. Houlton, spoke to the local paper, the Louth Leader, in 1971 on the occasion of Bernie's marriage to Maxine Feebleman. The marriage itself caused a huge amount of fuss locally. He said at the time, yes, I remember Bernie well. In a sense, he was a typical boy of the school, but he was whimsical. His writing always had character. He always seemed to write vividly about anything, stringing words together so as to make a picture for you. In a way, I wasn't surprised to find he'd gone to London, but you never really think this sort of thing is going to happen. Again, in that Billboard interview, Bernie complains that nobody seems to put it into perspective, the fact that I was only 17. It was a very pretentious era, and I was trying to emulate my contemporaries at the time. There's a bunch of these heavy man sort of psychedelic songs, the teddy bear song that you got to hear at the beginning of the show, Tartan Coloured Lady, which I'm talking all over, Regimental Sergeant Zippo, A Dandelion Dies in the Wind, Scarecrow, to a degree, and Velvet Fountain, which incidentally has got more lyrics listed on the internet than what we get to hear on the shortened version that's shared around. And that's just the songs we've heard. What about the Swan Queen of the Laughing Lake, the Lemonade Lake? Probably there are songs about countless other lakes whose titles we know nothing about. One of the early titles was literally Mirrors of My Mind. Later psychedelic songs were a bit more ambitious. In Just Like Strange Rain, Bernie had started to weave the acid-twinged imagery into a sort of Joycean personal narrative, an interior monologue, where he got under the skin of the character and presented a regular day through their eyes highlighting just how unusual our perception and our thoughts can be at times. These songs were dripping in light, as Captain Beefheart would say, but as colourful as the imagery was, it was entirely weightless, floating off separately from Bernie's life or from anyone's life for that matter. One thing about these songs that Bernie would take forward though into his later lyrics was a general celebration of the natural world initially through songs such as the flowers will never die and lady what's tomorrow and a little bit later on in seasons and michelle's song There were personal, autobiographical songs from the very beginning. Angel Tree and When I Was Tealby Abbey, for example. The treatment at first was very clunky, though. He was doing more telling than showing, as any poetry professor worth his sort will doubtlessly tell you. However, within about a year, he was already doing things like deciding to base the chorus of the song Gulliver, about a family dog who died, around the image of the bare piece of earth 
where that dog had used to sit and letting that emptiness do the talking for him. A very bold decision for an 18-year-old kid. I'm just sitting doing nothing One theme that Bernie wrote about very well from day one was laziness and wasting your life. His first year of writing with Elton has got songs like Sitting Doing Nothing and The Clock Goes Round, Hourglass, which he did right, and Watching the Planes. And he carried on with this theme on and off, writing about lazy towns like the one horse town and lazy days like the one spent watching the coal fire glow in Mellow. Bernie also had character songs from the beginning. In late 67, we have Regimental Sergeant Zippo, a very poor stab at describing the inner life of a child at play. By October 1968, Bernie had written Lady Samantha, which, although it is derivative of the Beatles, has imagery that's good enough to at least hold the idea together, at least has a reason to exist, unlike uh, Regimental Sergeant Zippo. Sometime in 1969, probably, he wrote The Tide Will Turn for Rebecca. It's a proper character study, a Scott Walker-style kitchen sink drama. Surely this song must have been pitched to Scott Walker, but of course it ended up with Edward Wood, Edward Wood, 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 Edward Wood, Wood. But then to think that by around September 1969, Bernie had already written Amarina. It just shows the huge amount of progression that he made with this type of lyric in such a very short space of time. Another theme that came in as 1968 progressed was religion. Hymn 2000 connects the dots between the psychedelic songs and these songs that were starting to be written with more grown-up ideas. It doesn't seem to be particularly positive on the topic of religion, although it's that oblique. I'm not sure even Bernie knows what it meant. God is unambiguously alive and well, though, in the song In the Morning, which was registered quite a bit later, in October 1969. There's also a shadow of a church in its big sister song, Skyline Pigeon. 
60 years on, hands us a broken rosary. Thank you, Mama. From December 1969, talks about spending every Sunday with him. Border song mentions Moses and the Holy Ghost. Sisters of the Cross is explicitly about nuns. Maybe explicitly is not the right word. And Where To Now St. Peter is all about the non-Christian infantryman who has nevertheless done all he can to be a good man. And Bernie wasn't just writing about Christianity either, but other types of gods as well, all across the havens. And the other mythology-steeped songs from that era of Valhalla and The Scaffold, to my ears, they're really successful lyrics. Um, even if the characters and the scenes that Bernie weaves together are partially made up and utterly confusing, who cares? It's mythology. He's not an academic. He can do what he likes with those ideas. And Bernie returned to this theme of religion throughout his career, starting almost straight away with both Tiny Dancer and Levon. Still, he was a very oblique writer and that wasn't going anywhere, but he was starting to include some stories in his lyrics. I was one as you were one We were two so much in love forever love the white socks that you wore, but you don't wear white socks no more. Now you're a woman. I joked about your turned up nose and criticized your schoolgirl clothes. But would I then have paced these roads to love you? Seasons come, and seasons go, bring forth the rain, the sun and snow make Valerie a woman, and Valerie is long Of course, Hymn 2000 is a story song of sorts. There's also this song, first episode at High Enton, which was first played by Elton at the BBC in 1968, November 68, so it's actually a very early lyric. I would have thought that this song was attempted for Empty Sky, and it's interesting to imagine why it might not have made the cut for that. Sales is another classic early story song. Something definitely happens on that harbour, but Bernie only shows it in snapshots. It's the first real outing for his celebrated cinematic techniques. Western Ford Gateway's another one, a tour around some gritty northern streets and a gritty northern tavern, giving the listener a bit of a slideshow of the life within. Right now. 
Of course, there were countless songs that essentially lacked a theme. These were the straight-up commercial songs. Taking the Sun from My Eyes does have an excellent Bernie title. So does The Girl on Angel Pavement, so we can easily attribute these to him. However, when you actually look at the lyrics to these songs, and to the lyrics of the songs with the less arresting titles, we're left searching for Bernie's voice. Where is Bernie, for example, in Sing Me No Sad Songs? Is it him, the lover that wants out of the relationship, singing Don't Go Breaking My Heart, incidentally? Where is Bernie in When the First Tear Shows? Is he the lover who's about to part with his girl? Is Bernie finally admitting he needs mental help in I Can't Go On Living Without You? Is Bernie the desperate suitor in It's Me That You Need and Turn To Me, sung directly from the friend zone, that one. The answer is I don't know. All of them might just as well be Elton John's solo compositions. That's how cookie cutter the thematic choices are and how tired the angle of approach is and how colorless the imagery is. Bernie must have hated being involved in these songs He later described these songs as hunks of garbage. This seems a bit mean to me. Anyway, this leads us very neatly to the final theme for today and the one I wanted to highlight in this episode. That's the theme of being trapped, being incarcerated or being displaced or in exile. This theme turns up again and again from the middle of 1968 onwards. All across the havens, I must stumble locked in chains. In the scaffold, unchain the gates of solitude, and then there's this. Just let me wake up in the morning to the smell of new mown hay, to laugh and cry, to live and die in the brightness of my day. I wanna hear the pealing bells of distant churches sing, but most of all, please free me from this aching metal ring And open up this cage towards the sun For just this skyline pigeon dreaming of the open Waiting for the day He can spread his wings and fly away again Skyline Pigeon was written sometime between the spring and summer of 1968. It coincides with Bernie moving permanently to live in London. It's the dream of a caged bird born with the knowledge of flight who longs to stretch his wings and move on, dreaming of the open, waiting for the day that he can fly towards his dreams. 
First, he needs to free himself from this aching metal ring. Bernie used to love climbing up the bell tower of his local church when he was a boy. And you can picture him up there surveying his little village at dusk, with all these ideas bouncing around in his head, feeling caged in his own little world. He loved the natural world around him, it inspired him enormously, but he knew that there was more out there to be discovered. The bells of that tower were the bells that he wanted to hear, but not up close, but far in the distance. It's amazing to think that while Bernie was up there, scheming away, Elton, if he wasn't at home studying his records, was probably up at the Northwood Hills, with his mum and Fred by his side, playing the standards, or later on lugging a keyboard around the clubs. Both of them were dreamers, and although it might not have looked anything like it, their dreams were the same, or at least they were two sides of the same coin. that the music to Empty Sky was written on the 7th of January 1969 so it was one of the last songs to be written for the debut album I'm not a rat to be spat on locked up in this room the protagonist trapped behind bars knows his worth he knows his worth more than this and he demands some basic respect he feels trapped he wants to be out in the open playing in the clouds of love from his cell he can only see the sky and he can only imagine what he'd do if he were given the chance if only he could fly drifting with them in endless space but in reality he's trapped with his dreams and home is oh so far Bye. 
By the time these songs were being written for the second album, across most of 1969, this theme had started to dominate. The Cage, for example, has almost an animal's eye view of being incarcerated. The guy in that cage really is a rat to be spat on. Border Song features a kind of Mary Poppins character leaving as the wind changes direction, but not because my work here is done, but because he's been made a pariah of by a brand of people who were not his kind, poisoned by bad water, deceived. This was a tough lyric, surely, for Elton to read. Bernie was staying in his house by that time with his mum. Frustrated, I'm sure. Poor, earning less than Elton. Young, homesick, lonely, starting to lose track of his dreams, I imagine. This wasn't what he signed up for. Perhaps that's why Elton saw fit to dilute the song into his version of Melting Pot by Blue Mink with his asinine third verse. Originally, Bernie says of Elton in the Billboard interview, I probably perceived him as being very cosmopolitan and very trendy, when in his own way he was finding his feet too. Just the fact that he lived in London and played in a sort of professional rock and roll band was enough for me to think that he was really cool, especially to me. You can imagine though, with the regular setbacks both as songwriters and for Elton as a performer, having to deal with the day-to-day reality of living in close proximity to Elton, who doesn't seem like the easiest person to share a roof with from what you read, along with the relative poverty with all of that, Bernie can't have been feeling too positive. The 1968 summer festival Wallflowers truly were thinning. He wrote another true exile song as well in this period, Bad Side of the Moon, this time with a sort of steampunk galactic flavour. This one was written with a bit more humour. We live our life in manacles, the main cause of our stay, and yet it is still completely hopeless for the subject of the song from one side of the galaxy to another at the whim of a faceless other, there is no hope of him returning home. Bernie truly took exile and incarceration into another realm with two other songs from that era, Grey Seal and Take Me to the Pilot. If you feel that it's real, I'm on trial and I'm here again, you're present. Like a coin in your mind. I am dented and I'll spit with hot trees on Through a glass eye of song is the one danger zone Take me to the pilot for control Take me to the pilot of your song Take me to the pilot, beat me to the chamber Take me to the pilot Bernie says of this lyric, there's no thread of reality. The pilot can be anything from something as insignificant as a pilot of a plane to Pontius Pilot. It's however deep the listener wants to go. But for me, there wasn't a tremendous amount of depth. It was right off the top of the head. 
I can see a lot of depth in this lyric. Bernie starts off by suggesting that maybe the world as we experience it is not real. And whether it's real or not, there's got to be a purpose behind it all. Some kind of overseer. A dangerous man, mind. A judge. Processing us as units. Possessing us. And spending us as currency in his system. But where is this man behind the curtain? Bernie requests an audience. But the man is unknowable and distant. Obviously there are religious overtones here, but it's a very negative conception. As well as being the man in the sky, the idea of the pilot of your soul, the pilot for control, seems to be a reference of some kind of locus of self-determination, the seat of free will. The idea of being detached has moved into the personal realm. We're not even in charge of our own decisions, we're detached from ourselves. The pilot is in control. Grey Seal is another song of incarceration of a supernatural kind. This one, Bernie says, I haven't a clue what I was writing about. It was just images. I don't believe that for a moment. From the off, Bernie asks again why favour does not shine on him. It's the same question of unresolved ambition from Empty Sky and Skyline Pigeon. But there are two types of light shining in this song. One of them is a type of false light. On the big screen, they showed us the sun. Bernie is talking about Plato's cave. In Plato's cave, a group of people lived, chained, facing the wall of the cave for their entire lives, watching shadows projected on the wall from objects that were passed in front of a fire or the sun behind them. The shadows were their reality. Plato talked about the impossible challenge of gaining freedom from this limited manufactured reality when you have absolutely no knowledge of the wider world that exists behind you. It's like living in the Matrix but with no Morpheus to bring you the red pill. The analogy for Plato is that living life through the shadows is the same as how we experience the world through our senses, knowing only this and not the true nature of reality, whatever that might be. Thus, all my life is drawings from the eye. Even if we did manage to escape our psychic chains, we would be faced with a reality that we do not have the basic tools to interpret. 
when we get to the third verse, Bernie confuses matters. He starts to flesh out the analogy, describing a community of presumably humans who are starting over a phoenix from the flames of some sort of cataclysmic event. But that title, Grey Seal, why a seal? Grey Seals would surely have been familiar to Bernie, living where he did. Grimsby was his uh, closest bit of seaside, half an hour's drive from where he lived. But add on an extra 20 minutes to that journey, south down the coast, and his family would have found Donanook, a coastal nature reserve that was a viewing area for Grey Seals. There are some references to his Lincolnshire life in the song as well, talking about his humble childhood, specifically his humble education, farming in schools that were worn and torn. Like any animal, the grey seal, I guess, has an uncomplicated, naturally bound view of the world around him. How does it feel to be so wise, to see through eyes that only see what's real? This seems to be a part of what Bernie is saying. But there's another possible dimension here, though. A seal could be more of a symbol of knowledge. It is a grey or old or ancient seal. The expanding of consciousness, finding out what casts the shadows on the wall, could actually refer to a desire to gain access to some of this secret, ancient knowledge to turn to the true light. I think you can see where this one's going. It's a fairly exciting idea, though. Who knows what circles Bernie would have found himself in via Dick James and many other types of people in mid to late 1969. Bernie has said the occult fascinates me. He said it in an interview with People magazine in 1980. The occult isn't quite as sinister as it sounds. It just refers to hidden knowledge, although it did say in that article that the walls of his eight-room Spanish-style home in the Hollywood Hills were decorated with satanic art. Honestly, the plan wasn't to go in this direction, but this is where the lyrics lead. Let me do a 180, though, and turn back to the theme of exile and imprisonment, and we can see that that's something that Bernie came back to time and time again over the years, but always addressing the themes with a touch more story with more clarity of meaning, but rarely with such a philosophical air. To this end, then, there's the ballad of a well-known gun about escape, being on the run, getting caught, madman across the water, is about being committed to a mental institution, rotten peaches, is very directly about being part of a chain gang, there's slave, have mercy on the criminal, ticking, I suppose. Then there are the exile songs, where he's either on the brink of leaving or thinking of his own home, Goodbye Ellerick Road, One Horse Town, The North, Home Again, there are more. There is one other song where Bernie turned back to the shadows on the wall. A sister song for Grey Seal in how it's about expanding knowledge and having a desire to be turned on to the wild side of life. Let's go out on that one then live from the Hammersmith Odeon in Christmas 1973. Here's This Song Has No Title. Tune me into the wild side of life I'm an innocent young child sharp as a knife Take me to the garrets where the artists die 
Show me the courtrooms where the judges lie. Let me drink deeply from the water and the wine. Like colored candles in dark dreary minds. Look in the mirror and stare at myself. Wonder if that's really me on the shelf. Each day I learn just a little bit more I don't know why but I do know what for If we're all going somewhere let's get there soon Oh this song's got no title Just words and a tune Take me down that is where the murders are done in a vase tied by the rocket to the core of the sun Want to read books in the studies of men Who were born on the breeze and die on the wind If I was an artist who paints with his eyes I'd study my subject and silently cry Cry for the darkness to come down on me And each day I learn just a little bit more I don't know why, but I do know what for If we're all going somewhere, let's get there soon Oh, this song's got no title, just words and a tune This song has no title, or tickle Thank you We're going to feature the mandolin on this one, and it's played by our own galloping gourmet himself, Davy Johnson. This is a good number to ooh at the end. Last night they ooed very well, so I expect you, on being a Saturday night, to ooh even better, you see. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 